Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have a great interview with David Diestel, the CEO of First Service Residential, which is one of North America's largest property management groups. Now, they have 9,000 communities that they manage. They have over 18,000 employees. And we're going to talk about customer experience culture. We're going to talk about some of the philosophies that this company has had to becoming one of the top residential management and actually top customer experience companies on the planet. With that in mind, a couple of quick announcements before we jump into the interview. If you have an amazing story that you'd like to share, or if you've got a question you'd like to ask, be sure to reach out to me on any of the social channels. I will answer it right there, or I'll answer it in my newsletter, The Shepherd Letter, or I'll answer it on this show, or I'll answer it on my TV show, Be Amazing, or Go Home. Episodes can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, and you can go to beamazing.tv. That is beamazing.tv, and you can watch all of the episodes there. We have amazing interviews and lots of great content on that show. All right, let's get into our interview with David Diestel. David, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be. I'm excited, and and I want to give our listeners a little background. You and I briefly talked about this before we came on. That um, when I saw your PR agency pitch to me, hey, I should interview David, and it's going to be a great show. I said, I know the name of this company. Why? Because you're a client of mine from probably 15 plus years ago, but even before that. Uh, I had been in your offices in Toronto, Canada, where I guess close to where the whole company started back in the uh, mid-1990s is when I was up there. Is that about the right time? Yeah, that's right, Chap. And I, I love that you know us, you know us so well, and thank you for everything you do. Well, it's great. So just for some background, what uh, First Service Residential does is they manage uh, residential communities. They could be condo associations, apartments. Uh, do you do any of the larger, like, uh, for lack of a better term, it's a residential community. I kind of look at it like it's a condo with homes. Do you do any of those types <laughs> of, uh, we do absolutely. And thank yep. you for asking. We are, we're in, if you think about, I'm caught today, I'm joining you from New York city where you think about high rise markets, but also those large scale resort style living, down in the South, all the way from Florida to Carolinas, California, uh, we do it all. Anything that's a residential community where people call home, that's us. All right. And of course, I now live in a residential community in a, in a condominium. Uh, so uh, I kind of know exactly what some of the great things that boards put up with uh, and the management companies do for us. So uh, it's great. So here's what impresses me. You have more than 9,000 communities that you manage. You have 18,000 employees. And what intrigued me and what made me reach out to you is that part of what you talk about is your culture of excellence, that you're dedicated to the people you work with and you want to make a difference uh, for those people, but also for the residents. You're, I guess that would be considered your customers, if you will. Actually, I would say that's more the, your customers are the boards that hire you uh, to then, but the end user is somebody like me who lives in a building. 
Yeah, Chip, we're we're fortunate. We do. We serve people in their homes, which is what you described. And so our 18,000 associates, that is what we do. And it's that appreciation for being in people's lives. Uh, that's what drives us every day. And you mentioned the board. A big shout out. Our boards are community leaders. Mm, and it's, yeah. it's important to recognize that. And so they serve the homeowners that elect them. And we serve at the pleasure of those board members. And so each and every day, our job is to serve homeowners on behalf of that board. And yep. so making a difference in those lives is what drives our culture. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so let's talk about how you motivate mm -hmm. uh, a force of 18,000 people to go in the same direction and keep your brand integrity, if you will. If I may, to answer that question, I'm going to go back in time. Because when we first started, when you first met us, we were separate brands operating in in all of those markets we described, but separately. You were it was a roll up. You would go right. find a community uh, that somebody was maybe a, a property management company, and you would buy them, let them manage. Them. And I remember this: you'd yes. let them manage it the way they've always done it, and as long as everything was working, you didn't have the complaints. The numbers were there. You let them be pretty much that, autonomous. Right. So our, our growth strategy since the 90s, when you mentioned that, since we got in the business, is we would find a great management team, mm -hmm. acquire that business, and then we'd enter a market. We left it decentralized. And what we realized, I'm going to go back in 2012, so about okay. 12 years ago, is the need to create a unifying brand. And when I look back, I never realized at that time a brand was not about a name change. A brand was unifying, coming under a common set of values. And so when you ask the question of how did we do it, um, we first made the decision. It was about, for our teams, telling our incredible story to the market and having common values and unifying the organization. And so one of the things we did at the, that time was pull our leadership teams together, defining who we were and what we stood for. And so when I think back today, um, there's lots of learning in how we drive our, our culture. And one of the things I learned way, way back, the question we asked ourselves was each and every day, our values, our mission cannot be words on paper. It just can't be. So how do we keep them alive? And what we did back then, uh, we partnered with a wonderful firm who helps organizations do that. And so we created what we call today First Call. And we realize that each and every day we have our mission, we have our values, but how do we keep that alive out of property in our hotter house? And so we have first call each and, and you see this in hospitality brands and other industries. And so we created a framework where that every day, all of our team members, every associate participates and we spend 15 minutes discussing mission values, celebrating our culture. And I, you know, if I think back to what our single greatest success was, it was creating that as a starting point. Oh, wow. So the first call is a daily ritual that happens before. And and this could be when when I want to make sure I understand who the players yes. are. Uh, is this uh, whoever the manager is like in our building? We have, a, um, I guess, a manager, the assistant to that manager. And uh, there's a maintenance guy. And these are what we would consider the executive Team, yes, that's right. If you okay, no, that's right. So the magic gets created. It is organic across our organization. So, at a property like you described, daily, uh, general manager pulls their team together.
for what is referred to as lineup and hospitality world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we describe it as first goal. But yes, pull the team together. What's happening at the property that day? But also it's recognition. It's celebrating success. It's, you know, you describe moments of magic. Yep. It's when we Very talk good. about Very magic. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we do that everywhere. But also in our harder house teams, because it's important that everybody across our organization you know, I, I've learned in this business, every interaction matters, whether you're in the heart of the house, how we treat our customers each and every day. Those are the moments. Yeah. Constantly. So, and it's constant reinforcement of that. I love this idea. Um, so I know the Ritz-Carlton intrigued me when I found out there were 24 gold standards and every single day, uh, you mentioned pre-shift meeting, the lineup, if you will they cover one of those gold standards. And at the end of 24 days, I mean, people don't work 24 days in a row, but they start over at number one on 25. And they anticipate that even though they're talking about the same thing over and over again, 24 straight days, the average person hears the message about nine to 10 times a year. Yes. So we the same. We create our own service standards. And mm-hmm. so we pick a service standard, our mission or a value. And that's just what we do. And it rotates and we... Uh, it's evolved over time. What I love about our culture is we challenge ourselves to say, how can we make that better? How do we make it more engaging? So every day there's a, a script, if you will, uh, but it also is a celebration. So Tuesdays is when we share a wonderful customer story, feedback from our customers. And so we share that across our organization. Oh, that's wonderful. It's created, you know, I often hear, hey, why haven't you recognized uh, different markets or different teams. And so we gather those across our organization. We have fun Fridays. What's most important is that it happens each and every day consistently. And no matter where I am, if I'm in St. Louis, New York, where you are, Toronto, Florida, doesn't matter. Everybody's focused on the same. Uh, the first call looks similar. Obviously, tweaks for the market and different. Uh, you're right. I love it when a leader owns it. So what's important that day? The script is the same. But the stories you tell, the celebrations, right? Every day in New York, whether it's in the corporate office or at a property, that's right. And I will add also in Canada. So it is that unifying culture across our organization. And, um, you know, what I take great pride in, uh, when I meet with new leaders who have just joined our organization, it's the one thing they comment on. Yeah, I'm very proud of our team because it can't just be words on paper, you know, values on a poster. It can't be. How do you, you know, I, I'd love to, you know, how do you organizations and leaders know that service is being consistently delivered? And I, so I'm going to applaud you because we have an exercise and you just mentioned your number one culture changing tool is this first call. Our number one culture changing tool that we teach our customers is to become what we call service aware And everybody in the organization has to uh, once a week, by the way, I say once a week, and you should see the executives and the managers, they roll their eyes once a week. That's daunting. You're doing this every day. And our exercise is asking everybody to take one to two minutes on a postcard and write down two or three sentences of when they created a great experience, either for their customer or an internal colleague, internal customer, just that moment of magic, if you will. And it could be, I returned a call quickly or you went above and beyond to do something, but we asked that. And, and, and then I have other clients, not many that do this daily, like you talked about every day. And then they also get, and you mentioned the script, 
uh, every night. Um, I've got a bank that I work with. They have over 500 branches. Every night they get their net promoter score numbers and they the manager talks about them in the morning, shares a moment of magic example from one of the employees from the day before and every single day. And they talk about what they can do better, what went right, what might be, you know, what could be improved. And, and then the doors open and they all go to work. I, I love that example. We are looking at some innovation and tools where we can uh, in real time provide the same thing. Kudos for a team member, shout outs and share that uh, in a more consistent way. And so that's, we are constantly looking at that. Yep. Um, you mentioned Net Promoter. Um, are you aware that First Service is a Net Promoter company? I think it's wonderful. What's a high score, I would imagine? Uh, I'm not going to share our score. Uh, however, I will tell you that way back, it, that is the measure of our service in the eyes of our customers. So very familiar with Net Promoter. Fred Reichelt, who's one of the creators of Net right. Promoter. He's been on the show. Oh, you've had Fred on the wonderful. Uh, Fred is now on the board of First Service as well. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so we've been a net promoter company for uh, well over fifteen years, and so that is the measure of the service. And we also took that same philosophy to our associates. So you asked how we drive a common culture. Uh, the two things we do in net promoter is we ask our clients how are we doing. We have a measure using net promoter, but also our associates their experience with us. You're saying, you know, and for those that aren't familiar, and I can't imagine they wouldn't be if you've been listening to the show, Net Promoter is a question. On a scale of zero to 10, what's the likelihood that you would recommend us? Which, you know, the fact that you would recommend us means we must have done a great job. On the employee side, what you're telling me, or I think is what I'm hearing, is that you allow your employees to grade you as the type of organization that they would recommend to their friends, family, colleagues to come and work for us at First Service. Yes? That's right. Yeah. Uh, using a, a, a similar framework. And for right. us, it's about a system that drives a culture. Yeah. So it's more about first we ask, but then how do we action? And so yeah. the eyes of our associates, how are we doing for them to allow them to excel in their jobs, in their roles? And then what are the positive changes that come out of that? And the same thing for our, our boards and customers. Mm. Yeah. We listen, we improve ourselves. So I, thought you'd find that interesting that that is the measure of how we know in the eyes of our customers and our, our teams. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that you, there's so much here that we're learning. Tell you what we're going to do. Take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear more great ideas from David Diestel. And he is the CEO of First Service Residential. Don't go away. We're coming right back. One of my favorite sayings is that customer service isn't a department. It's a philosophy. And it's a philosophy that must be embraced by everyone in the organization all the time, and that's 24-7. So if customer service is important to you, and I know it is, then you will love our virtual training, the ultimate on-demand customer service and experience training program that you can access anytime, anywhere. Now, the course content applies to everyone, regardless of position and responsibility, from senior executives to the most recently hired and everyone in between. You'll discover tips, ideas, and strategies that won't cost your company a fortune, but will produce what I call moments of magic, those positive experiences, and it will happen at every level of your organization. So go to Customer Service VT. That's V as in virtual, T as in training. That's CustomerServiceVT.com. It's time to get customer focused. You're listening. 
listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with David Diestel, who is the CEO of First Service Residential. And I'm just so impressed with uh, what you're doing and how you do these daily meetings. Uh, it, it's, as I mentioned, it's hard to get my clients. I tell them, just do it weekly. Weekly, that seems like so much. And you're doing it daily. Unbelievable. Um, let's talk a little bit about that NPS score, because during the break, you quickly mentioned that you got resistance from employees, associates, management, uh, when you decided, hey, we're going to roll this out NPS. I, and I can't imagine why were they concerned with what the scores might be? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and when I think back to the challenges we had, so 15 years ago, uh, I will share a brief story on how we got here. You know, one of our businesses uh, had already implemented Net Promoter and was seeing incredible success. But I mentioned we had a very entrepreneurial start. And so our leaders believed they knew the depth of the client relationships. They knew everybody. And so if we went out and asked our customers how they felt, they felt that was opposed to their own leadership. And they believed they knew the relationships. And so when we, when we first brought this to our leadership team, there were skeptics. And so what I showed them after we piloted in a region is they didn't really know. And so our boards, I mentioned uh, our boards of typically four to five to six leaders. How do we know the depth of all of the relationships? And so when we, after we launched, we realized listening to customers' feedback is where the magic is, providing you can get back to them and respond. And since that time, we've seen incredible growth, improvement in our service, our retention, and now listening to the voice of our customers being so ingrained. But I, I will, I'm happy, Shep, to anybody who challenges you, have them call me. Because I tell them, be bold. You need to know, how do you know the service in the eyes of your customer? You have to ask. Yep. And we've done the same thing with our people and our associates. I just read an interesting statistic today. Um, I believe it was out of uh, my friend Stephen Ben Bellingham's book uh, that approximately 80% of CEOs feel they are customer-centric in their businesses. Only about, I think it was either eight or 10% of customers agree with that. I mean, the Delta, the, the, <laughs> the gap, and that's kind of crazy. I, I, I would find it, I don't know if you have any uh, of this kind of number, and I wouldn't expect you to give me this information here on the show, but it would be interesting to know that if your uh, management team, uh, the original owners who became uh, part of your company, if they, how do you think your customers are going to rate you? And, and I use that oh, word customer yeah. and they, if, if it was in line with what they actually rated them. Uh, so what we did learn, I'm happy to share with you, Shep. Um, what we did learn is they did. They had a great relationship typically with the president. Mm. But do you know about everybody on the on the board? Do you know about all your customers? And so to the, what we have seen is an incredible correlation proven, mathematically accurate, all of the rest that shows the connection between net promoter and our retention and then our growth. Mm -hmm. And Fred, you know, Fred talks about today earned growth. And that's what we do see. And it was a wonderful, it did three things for our business. It, we understood the health of our relationship at a client level. Uh, then we understood how a team is performing in the eyes of the client and lastly, we then looked systematically across our organization for themes and areas we needed to improve. 
So it, the eyes of the team is really interesting because we have two teams in the same market with a similar client base going, oh, it can't be done. And then we would take that information. Go, Are you kidding? This is what great service looks like. So it allowed us to drive positive change, measure ourselves in the eyes of our clients. Mm -hmm. So today it's a wonderful tool in how we run the business. Yeah, I, I love it. So you, there's so many uh, nuggets of information here. All right. So you have, and I'm looking through my notes here because I wrote it down and now I've lost it. Oh, values at work. Uh, that's what I, you made a comment about that. And, and you said, that's very, very important to you. Um, what do you mean by values at work? And um, tell us, enlighten us as to what, what your thought is on that. that um, I just had the proof of what I was sharing earlier was I love what I do. And so I had a chance to be at our, Values at Work is our program to recognize associates in the eyes. They get nominated for great service and support of each other. And we also have similar programs to recognize those individuals in the eyes of our client. And so to recognize our teams for great service to each other and service to our boards is part of our culture. And we heard about that through, I mentioned earlier, we listened to our associates experience. And so focusing more deliberately on how we recognize great service. Uh, Values of Work is a wonderful program that we have to do just that. And, and is, is this happening at each property? There's somebody mentioned or each area? How does it, is it a national recognition? Yeah, Values of Work is a global recognition. Or program. global, yeah, global. It is. Yeah. Um, and certainly, but daily interactions, uh, we have other mechanisms that we recognize, uh, great feedback, that we capture at a property level or at a team level all the time. So we were constantly looking at how do we do that? How do we empower our teams, celebrate and recognize great service? Now, one of the principles we believe, uh, I believe, and I've written about this, I came up with the six steps to creating the customer focus process. And the fifth step is to defend the culture. That's the CEO or the leader's job. And if some uh, and and you've got all these properties out there, so many, I mean, uh, 9,000 of them, 9,000 communities or buildings or whatever. What if uh, one gets out of alignment or maybe it's a group because there might be an area manager? How do you keep everybody in alignment and heading? You know, I know that's tough to do with that many people, but that's that's your job. That is my job, Amy. Uh, I mean, I'm fortunate to serve with a great team who understands that and the importance that every resident, every community matters to us. And so when we get feedback from our clients, when we get feedback from a team, uh, that is when we need to jump in and whether it's supporting a team member, um, looking at how they're operating and just supporting them to be successful. You know, I've learned that as humans, we all want to be successful in our roles. And so how do we provide them the tools to support them, deliver exceptional service, and just be successful and contribute? And that's what makes the difference um, over time in our organization. And that's why I'm excited that we, when I look ahead, how we're continuing to define service and innovation, uh, we are a people service business. Mm. Expectations have never been higher from people in terms of responsiveness, um, and how we treat people in their homes. There is no more emotional business than serving people right where they live. Like we want them to feel proud of where they live and enjoy their communities that they're calling home. 
Yep. So we're getting down to close to my last question. I've warned you what it is. Everybody who's listened knows it's the one last nugget of wisdom question. But I want to see if you can go into your memory bank and give me an example of what you think the most amazing experience that one of your team members provided to um, one of their customers or resident in one of your communities. Oh. I bet you there's so many, but <laughs> but there's some yeah, fun oh, ones. And, and oh, we have the funny. And you know what I've learned, Shep, when I talked about consistency and every interaction matters, I'll tell you what amazed me the most. I'll tell I will share a story. Thank you for asking. I received an incredibly emotional phone call from a gentleman. And he described his own personal situation. He wasn't in great health. And how he walked, it was raining and he needed to get from his car, excuse me, from the clubhouse to his car. And one of our associates opened the door, carried the bags and helped him to his car. Now, what was amazing about that was the emotion that that resident called me and shared. When I spoke and called that associate to thank him, they didn't even realize the impact they had had. This gentleman was not well. He had no idea. And it was so emotional for him in that moment. But that's what I've learned. When you create these moments of the matter, moments of magic, uh, it's it's that appreciation for just treating humans the right way, being generally helpful. Yeah. So I've just seen those. It's not always about the big, I hear the heroics from our team every day, jumping in, saving a life. We've had those uh, big moments where uh, hurricanes and just being there to support our team members. But it was when our team members, when a tragedy happened and we had to evacuate a building, they showed up with pet food for the, the animals and the dogs, because that's what those residents cared about. Mm, that's amazing. And you know, what's so important. The gentleman that care or that uh, carried the bags for this uh, resident thought nothing of it. Imagine that if we ask that person to once a week, just jot down when you've done something like that, all of a sudden they become service aware. They're aware that they're in the moment. So they wouldn't be surprised when you said something to them about that, they go, oh yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I remember doing that. I make sure that if I see one of my residents carrying their bags out, I ask, can I help you carry your bags? I thought you're going to tell me a story. And I know I worked for another organization similar to yours uh, out on the West Coast, uh, throughout uh, all up and down the coast of California, including Northern. And somebody said there was a woman who was in her car and it was like bad weather. And they went out and picked her, an elderly lady, they literally picked her up, carried her so she wouldn't slip and fall to her doorstep. <laughs> Wonderful. You know, I, okay, high-rise vertical living, it's all about the four Ps, people, yep. pets, parking, and packages. And you get that right, typically you deliver a great experience at a community. What I often say, Shep, and you, you know, please feel free to share this, a package isn't a package. It's somebody's medication. It's the engagement ring. It's a gift you forgot to buy last week that's just showing up. Yeah. So just understanding that and appreciating we're in people's lives and homes and the importance of that. Like that's the the quest we're on to simplify community living, deliver these great experiences and moments of magic. Um, I mean, it's it's wow. And I'm fortunate to be in my role and grateful for what our teams do every day. 
Well, you're doing great things. Let's wrap it up with the final question. Is there one nugget of wisdom you'd like to share with us before we leave today? One more nugget, because you've given one you've more. dropped a lot of these little smart bombs all <laughs> over the place. Uh, I will say it's being bold around service and understanding it's about your team, empowering your team, making their life easier as leaders. I see my job as making life easier for our teams to deliver service. Wow. And so focus on that and great things will happen for us in the service industry. I love that. So your job is to make things easier for your people to deliver the amazing experience. Obviously you do other things too. Um, but that is, I, I interviewed about 350, 360 uh, high level execs like yourself. And I said, what's the most important job you do? And that by the way, is where I came up with, I, uh, there was a gentleman in Chicago um, he said, I defend the culture. I mean, I put together deals and we buy things and sell things, but at the end of the day, I make sure this culture aligns. And you are basically saying the same thing. You make the job easy for your professionals to deliver the experience that, that gets you and gets, uh, uh, to quote another one of my books and my ideas, gets your customers to say, I'll be back. Your residents to say, I'll be back. the board to vote you back in and renew your contract. Uh, amen on that, Shep. And thank you for inviting me to be here well, with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I so much appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. David Diestel, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Shep. All right. We'll be back next week with another interview, and I hope you come back. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.